Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. If you don't listen to You Better You Bet during the week, Monday through Friday, 5 to 9 p.m., Radio.com app, and the podcast, always available. iTunes, Spotify, Alexa, You Better You Bet. Now, if you don't listen, when lines are moving, you're missing opportunities. Now, before we get to our special guest, this is Jeff Davis, Director of Trading over at Caesars, on You Better You Bet, Wednesday night on Bears-Giants. We posted this game early Monday morning. Uh, we posted the NFL Sunday night, just, you know, start of the third quarter of Sunday night football. But because the Bears were in action on Sunday night, uh, you, you wait till Monday morning to post. And frankly, there is no difference between Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniel in terms of, you know, what the line is, maybe a half a point. Uh, I saw some six and a halfs around while the game was going on. Uh, we opened at six. We're still at six and taking a quick look down the board. I'm not technically supposed to give how much handle or things are on games, you know, company stuff. I get it. Uh, but I don't think they'll care too much about this one. Uh, we've written $241 <laughs> on this game. Total. Both <laughs> <laughs> what? Are, do, do you think uh, they're still going to bet on the Bears in Indiana? Um, yes, because it's a home game. So you've got all the people that go to the game that want action. They're going to drive the half an hour to Hammond and grab some. Uh, grab some Bears money. So, yeah, we'll need the Giants in Indiana. But, yeah, this game, it's amongst, you know, Bills, Broncos, Dolphins, Browns, uh, Bucks, Falcons. It's uh, to 10 a.m. is a wasteland of awfulness this weekend. Not a lot of interest in tomorrow's game over at Soldier Field. But I did a betting write-up for it over on 670thescore.com. It's the only way. You're actually going to watch this garbage. Very excited to talk to our guest this week on Early Odds. For the very first time, her name, Pamela Maldonado, contributor for Oddshark. And you can find her on Twitter at PamelaM35. I was actually reading her Bad Beats column on Oddshark.com earlier today. Brought me back to a bad place with that Arizona-San Francisco finish. Pamela, how you doing? Thanks for coming on Early Odds. 
Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I am doing fantastic. I unfortunately was on the wrong side of some of those bad beeps. That's what jump-started me wanting to do that article. I couldn't have been the only one, so I wanted to see who else out there went through some of those bad beeps this weekend. I just feel like I'm never on the right side of those. I never have that dumb luck, but I, I know that isn't true. I followed you for a while, and I know you were involved in the poker world for quite some time, but you also bet on sports, and it's uh, really cool this football season to see you're doing a lot more analysis on football, especially college football. How's that been going? It's been going good. Sports betting has always been a hobby of mine, not necessarily the idea of putting money on it, but just looking at games. I'm born and raised from Texas, so college football has always been my bread and butter. But then I moved to Vegas, and my friends, of course, coming from the poker world, my friends were like, oh, you can actually put money on these games. And I was like, what? I can put money where on stuff that I'm already learning about? <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of how it sparked it all. People have Sudoku and they do crossword puzzles. I have looking at lines and studying <laughs> games. So that's, it's really been a hobby. And I love that it's only six months out of the year because my brain gets to rest six months out of the year. And so this is just something that I've always been into. It keeps me going. It keeps me fresh. I feel like this is people read, and I just look at lines. And you should follow Pamela on Twitter, as I mentioned, at PamelaM35. She puts her analysis and her picks out there, especially during the week. You're looking for a sweat, action going on. Uh, Pamela, ha- Pamela has some sort of a take on the game. Now, to anyone listening that may not know this, Pamela will take you out. I know that you've been involved in competitions recently. Very impressive. Can you share with the audience what you've been doing? Yeah, so um, I'm kind of just a very competitive person at heart, and so I feel like I haven't had that competition since I moved to Austin a couple years ago, and so I thought doing a fitness competition would kind of get my juices going again. So I did a bikini competition, and I trained really hard for six months, and I dropped from 138 pounds to 112 from 26% body fat down to 13. And it was my very first competition, and I was fortunate enough to place fifth out of 12 women uh, in the true novice category. So it was for people who have never done a competition before. And I thought that I knew discipline before coming from poker, but this was a, <laughs> took it to a whole other level, um, mentally, physically. And I think that's kind of translated into the sports betting realm because, of course, you need the discipline when it comes to, like, bankroll management and such. And so I think all of it is interconnected, poker, fitness, sports betting. It's all intertwined, and it's just how you utilize the information that you learn. You kind of read my mind there. I was thinking about the discipline, especially this time of the year. Once we get to the holidays, here comes Thanksgiving right around the corner, and then and it just goes right into uh, Christmas. Then everybody's going to fill the gym the first week of uh, the new year. But uh, the question is, will you stick around the entire time? When you're training, can you give me an example of what your diet is? So my diet, so the whole point of the bikini competition, as opposed to a different form of bodybuilding, is you are trying to slim down. How I was described to it when I first got into it was they want you to look like a bronze goddess. (laughs) So it's (laughs) tiny, tiny waist, rounded glutes, and really like dainty feeling up on the, up on the torso. So it's less muscle appearance and more tight weight, small waist and tight glutes, tight hamstrings. My diet really was very little. (laughs) So I started out when I first started trading, I was around 1600 calories. 
by the time competition came, wow. I was on a, the lowest I reached was 1100. And I was doing cardio for 55 minutes, seven days a week. And that's really just because you are trying to drop down to the lowest body fat percentage that you can while still maintaining your muscle. Diet more so than anything was important. Really? You weren't dizzy when you're down at 1100 calories a day? No, and what actually, it's kind of crazy. I've had this conversation with multiple people where I don't think it was a coincidence that my best betting weeks came when I was on the last, on the tail end of my competition. Hmm. I went like an insane 12 and 1, and then I went like, it was 8 and 1, 9 and 1, and then 12 and 1, back to back to back, just insane weeks, and it was during the last three weeks of my competition, I think I was more focused than ever. One, I was like on the end stretch of the competition. It's like, okay, I've been training for five, six months, and now here it is. It's within arm's reach. I was, like I said, disciplined, not as far, not only just in my meal prep and my workout routine, but I was also disciplined with my time. Doing football and training was so time-consuming. I had to wake up at 5 a.m., and I was going to bed between 11 and midnight in order to fit it all in. So I was sharp. I had it down to the T. And I don't think, like I said, it was coincidence that the two, when you mix them together, that I had my best production, not only out of your physical appearance, but also out of the mental effort of it all tied into football. Well, congratulations. Hell of an accomplishment. You should actually propose some of those workouts. Maybe I could uh, try it for a week or so, and then I'd probably move on, because I don't know if I have the discipline that you do. Let's move on to the games today, and let's start with the, with the big one. We've got a top 10 matchup here. I'm in Big Ten country, so a lot of our listeners have been waiting on this one for weeks. Eighth-ranked Penn State at number two, Ohio State. The Buckeyes favored by 18 and a half. A total of 53. Nittany Lions, unimpressive over the last couple of weeks. They had that loss at Minnesota. They beat Indiana by one score last week. Ohio State side, Chase Young is back. They're averaging nearly, what, 52 points per game, almost 300 rushing yards per game. It's the first real test um, outside the Wisconsin game when they smashed the Badgers by 31. They've got Michigan next week. Uh, do you like anything in this one? you had to force me to pick a side, I would honestly lean to Ohio State here. They had nine wins this season of 30-plus points. They scored 50-plus points in five of those games. But then people are going to say, but they didn't cover against Rutgers. Well, you know what? They also sat their starters the entire second half. So, And they still were able to blow them out. Justin Fields, you know, he's a fantastic quarterback, 69% completion, 2,100 yards, average of 9.4 yards per pass, 31 touchdowns, but he only has one interception. One. He is the most, in my mind, complete quarterback that we have out in the country right now. And my question is, can Sean Clifford keep up? He has a 59% completion, 22 touchdowns, and six interceptions. If you look at the teams, you said it yourself, like they struggled against Minnesota, they struggled against Indiana, but now you're going up against an Ohio State team that is just so explosive of an offense, both on the pass, both on the rush, and are they going to be able to keep up if they fall behind? And I'm not sure of that. 
I'm with you. I think a lot of people at first blush are going to say, wow, two top 10 teams. That's a lot of points. But then, then you, you stop and take a look. Ohio State, their two closest games this year, twice. They beat teams by 24 points. As crazy as it sounds, it might be Ohio State on a bit of a discount. I would lay it with Ohio State if you're going to do anything in this game. Uh, also this morning, 11 a.m. kick, we've got the Illini going to Kinnick to take on Iowa. The Hawkeyes are favored by 15 and a half. Pamela, the total 46 and a half. Illinois coming off the very late bye in the season. They are bowl eligible for the first time under Lovey Smith. They've rattled off four consecutive victories. Still have a chance to get eight wins on the year. A surprise to many here. And Iowa, they're coming off back-to-back tough opponents. They had that loss to Wisconsin. They beat Minnesota last week. The question is, are they going to get up for a third consecutive game? I did notice earlier in the year they had a a tough back-to-back stretch with Michigan and Penn State. Then they beat Purdue by only six points. My first thought, Pamela, is you've got to go with the Alana and gobble up these points. We're talking about a Hawkeyes team. Uh, favored by 15 and a half, but in conference play, they're usually only scoring in the teens or 20s. No, I agree with that. Um, I'm always going to be one that's going to side with the team that has a better defense, and of course that's going to be Iowa here. But then the question has to be, are they going to be able to limit their team enough to where if they can't score, I mean, you're asking them to pretty much shut out Illinois. And I just don't see that happening. I think it's too big a spread. I personally probably would just stay away from it and see how it plays out. Illinois, they still, at this point in the season, you're asking teams for that already have reached bowl eligibility to now have the potential to gain a better spot in the bowl. So I think Illinois still has that fight in them. They've been a good dog. I mean, they're doing really well. So I probably would lean more so the Illinois side than Iowa. Yeah, definitely agree with you there. This is Joe Ostrowski on Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Our guest this week, Pamela Maldonado, contributor for Odd Shark Twitter at Pamela M. 3-5. Let's take a look at the NFL. We have a few great games, and the primetime one that was flexed in tomorrow night, Green Bay at San Francisco. Now, this has been bouncing around a little bit. We've seen a, a juice three, also three and a half. Uh, the Niners favored the total is 47 and a half. Bit of a battle for one of the buys in the NFC. This one's going to have a lot of parlays, a lot of teasers tied in. The bookmakers are probably going to be hoping for San Francisco to come through. I think the public is going to be more on the Packers side. And when we look at this one, Pamela, Green Bay coming off the bye with a record of 8-2. and two. The rookie head coach, Matt LaFleur, first time he's experiencing this, coming off the bye as the head coach. I got to tell you, I don't really believe in this defense. They've declined pretty much all season long. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has been terrific in the red zone. They're number two in the NFL this year. But something I just can't get past with Green Bay, they've had so much luck. That Carolina game a couple of weeks ago, you could have said McCaffrey could have got in and maybe you go to overtime. Who knows what happens? They play Kansas City. They didn't have to deal with Mahomes. That Oakland game, they won by a couple of scores, but the Raiders had so many issues in the red zone. Uh, We remember the, the Detroit game on Monday night. So a lot of questions there. And then it was San Francisco. They uh, they had that 10-point win, but as we hinted at earlier, I don't know that it was truly a two-score win 
for the 49ers. And Jimmy Garoppolo really seems like he's the big weakness on the team. We know about the impressive defense, but are they going to get in quarterback play? And the injury report is really scaring me off. Uh, George Kittle on there, a couple of linemen, Breida, D. Ford, beat up all over the roster. I might be the only one, but I don't, I don't know that I'm going to have a bet on this game. Do you like anything? I mean, I think if anything, I would lean more so towards the unders than I would rather a side. But if I did have to go with a side, I would probably lean the Packers here. I think this game has some pretty big implications for it. I know that we're in week 12, but with the win, San Francisco will have a two-game lead over the Packers for the number one seed in the NFC. But one question that I have on the 49ers, is their defense starting to wear down? The bye week came in week four, and here we are in week 12. Of course, you see, you elicited all the injuries that are starting to pile up, and some of their defensive strengths seem to be regressing over the last three games. This season, they have allowed 253 yards per game, but 319 in their last three, of course, two of which were against the Cardinals. They've allowed only four and a half yards per attempt, but 5.2 in their last three. And one glaring bit of info is that they've allowed 15 points through the season, but 26 in their last three. So now I have to wonder that one of the arguments has always been they've had a bit of an easier schedule in the first half of the season. Now we're coming up into this stretch, and their games are only going to get tougher, and it starts here with the Packers. And with the injuries, are they, and like as you said, Jimmy G is the big question mark, is he going to be more prone to interceptions? The Packers don't necessarily pose a big threat on that defense, but you do have Aaron Rodgers who can play catch-up and keep up with the 49ers offensively. And so if you can sneak out a couple of attack on those key players that are going to be potentially missing out on the game, D Ford, I mean, I think there's a potential here for the Packers to definitely come out with not just a cover, but a potential win. Yeah, if the Niners are up 10 and Aaron Rodgers has the ball late, you've got to be worried about a backdoor if you end up laying, laying three and a half. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we've got a bunch of good ones, as I mentioned. But here's the one that was moved out of the Sunday night football slot. Also an exciting game. Eagles and the Seahawks. Philly coming off that New England loss, and they are the desperate team sitting at 5-5, five and five, an easy upcoming schedule. Miami... They've got the Giants twice, the Redskins once. I think 10 wins is still possible, but but I'm that guy that's been waiting for Philadelphia to turn it on just about all season long. Seahawks off the bye, another team in the mix for a, uh, a bye once we get to the playoffs, and their schedule is really going to be challenging down the final stretch. Not impressed with their defense throughout most of the season. Jadavian Clowney, last time we saw him on the field, very impressive. Russell Wilson in the MVP race, which scares me a bit. The Eagles are favored by one and a half, a pretty high total of 48. But Pamela, I I like the Eagles here. I'm going to take them at home laying one and a half. I'm going to be on the opposite end of you on that one. I'm going to go with, I like consistency. I can understand the home team and all that, but I'm going to go with the more consistent team, the more consistent quarterback. And I just feel like Russell Wilson is always going to be that quarterback that you can rely on, whether they are down, whether they are up. And then if they all fall behind, he is going to do everything, bite tooth and nail, try to come back. I'm not really one to like fall into trends here, but some of the research that I have done so far was that the NFC West is really killing it as an underdog this season. All four teams have combined 14-2-1 against the spread as an underdog this in 2019. And, of course, the Seahawks are on the road as Philly, so this could definitely be a good underdog spot for them again, even though it is a small number. 
I love the Russell Wilson pain, Pamela. You just keep fading him, and he's going to screw you in the end. It's happened many he's times. He's going to prove you wrong. I know. And and I've got a Lamar Jackson 66-1 uh, to 1 MVP ticket. I can't wait for him to blow that one up once we get to the end of the season for me. I was going to say, Lamar Jackson is an interesting one. I think that's a good ticket to be holding on to. I would not be mad if I had that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a last-second call right before this season, and I'm happy I made that play. Uh, let's wrap with the Panthers and the Saints. New Orleans favored by 9.5, a total of 47. It's tough to say Carolina right now. Kyle Allen coming off a four-interception game. He's thrown interceptions in all of his last four games the question in a divisional matchup, are the Panthers going to be able to do enough to keep it within 10 points? The look-ahead line on this, one week ago it was 6.5. Now we have a three-point adjustment based on what we saw this past Sunday. And New Orleans, they're viewed as one of the best teams, and they should. But uh, it's not like they're blowing teams out at home. They, they did against Arizona, but they lost against Atlanta recently. A one-score victory over Tampa. They won by two over Dallas, by two over Houston Maybe they're peeking ahead to Thanksgiving night against Atlanta, a team that is suddenly playing well in San Francisco right after that. I'm going to plug my nose and take the Panthers plus nine and a half. Again, I'm on the opposite end. I'm not, I will say though, I am not as comfortable. I'm not going to be betting this one. <laughs> okay. But if anything, I would probably lean towards the same side. I just can't believe you're at home. Panthers are at home and only being able to put up three against the Falcons. Oh. And then struggles mightily against the Packers. And as we said, the Packers really lack on that defensive side. So then Kyle Allen, big question mark. I don't know if I can trust him. Now he's going on the road. Holiday, I'm just, I would either, it's either Saints or nothing. I understand. I think a lot of people are going to be on the sidelines for this one, but uh, nine and a half, just a little bit too much for me. Pamela Maldonado, her name, contributor for OddsShark.com. Follow her on Twitter at Pamela M35. Pamela, it was great. Let's do it again, okay? Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Have a good day. Holiday weekend next week. Bears play on Turkey Day. But I'll still be here Saturday, 8.30 a.m. every week. Early odds. Joe Ostrowski with you. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Rivalry week in college football. Week 13 of the NFL. I'm on Twitter at Joe0670. If you ever miss a show, I post links to the show, the podcast version, uh, every week. At Joe0670. Baseball news. Sox made a splash. So Bruce Levine and Matt Spiegel are here to talk about that next on Inside the Clubhouse. Best of luck with your bets this weekend. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.